Tuesday, October the 24th, 2023. Thanks for tuning in to our Loki recap of episodes one through three here on That's What G Said podcast. We had to catch up because I was out of town. I was kind of busy with some things happening in the last few weeks. And now we've got three episodes of Loki to discuss with our good friend Tim Kelly, who helps us out talking everything Star Wars and everything Marvel. So what we do on this episode is we'll spend a few minutes recapping episode one, some of the major important things that happen, then a few minutes on episode two, and then with episode three, we do more of the scene-by-scene deep-dive recap and review. So you've got a couple hours of Loki to come right now as we talk about, I think, our favorite of any of the MCU Marvel TV shows that we've had so far. It's just fun. It's vibrant. It's well acted. It's well written. It you just you like the pacing of it. I have a good time while I'm watching it. It's actually funny where there are moments where you laugh out loud. It's not too corny. Even if it is, it's kind of cute at moments. So Loki. Episodes 1 through 3, Tim Kelly joins me to get into everything that happened. So, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We'll talk about stuff that happened in Season 1 of Loki, all three episodes of Season 2, and how all of this connects to the greater Marvel Universe and the MCU. Time for Loki. Episode 1, 2, and 3 recaps for Season 2 right here with Tim Kelly. We just finished up in the world of Star Wars with Ahsoka, and now we head on over and talk about Marvel and the MCU with Loki. Now we're a couple episodes behind. I was out of town for a little bit, and we had uh, some scheduling on my end. Tim was very, uh, very kind to join me as he's out of town, but we're able to catch up now on episodes one through three. Tim and I always, I always actually like it when we have more than the first. <laughs> I think of a season to talk about I feel like we just get a better like well-rounded view of you know some of the themes where they're going positives negatives one episode of these series could be kind of just different than the next Mm -hmm. so I do I do like the fact that we have three episodes to kind of talk about overall and we'll do that we'll hit a little bit about some big points in episode one some big points in episode two and then maybe a little more on episode three how you doing buddy and uh what do you think so far of Loki yeah, I'm doing really well and uh, pleasantly surprised uh, with this season of, of Loki. Uh, I'll say I liked last season a, a lot, so I had high expectations. But the recent offerings from Marvel had really shaken my faith in the whole IP, uh, to be frank. But uh, this is uh, restorative, I think. This is uh, not perfect by any stretch, but there's a lot of great stuff going on yeah. here. Uh, uh, Kihei Kwan, I think, is a great addition to the cast. OB, um, man. He's so good. He has OB. What a great character. And yeah, it feels like a TV show that has something to say, uh, that they're they're trying to do something different. I, I like how we've seen you know, different eras throughout these three episodes. Uh, I got the sense in the second episode that, okay, this is this is a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing this is almost an episodic thing where we're in a different location. We're kind of thrown into it in, in episode two uh, with, without so a whole lot of exposition or or a scene to explain like why we're in that scene. And I really liked that. I, I found that really refreshing. Like that they were just trusting us to go with them and and um, just dropping like a little bit of ex- expository dialogue uh, here and there to, to kind of give us some context, but you know, trusting us to, to go with them on this journey. And I think that there's a lot of options here. I mean, we're, we're going to be able to 
go really anywhere in in the time stream and in the time stream in the MCU. And uh, you know, who knows what's in store? But the the tone so far is is really hitting. There's some great comedy. The special effects have been really good. Um, the acting has been really solid. I think Jonathan Majors has been good uh, in, the, in episode three, although maybe a little overrated, uh, to be frank. That would be my one um, nitpick there. I've heard a lot of great things about his performance, but I was a little bit thrown off by it. And maybe some of the choices that were made, that would be my one nitpick probably from episode three. But so far, so good. I'm actually really enjoying myself with the series. Me too, TKX. Some similar uh, issues that we'll get through. Little things here and there, but overall, a lot of fun. And in in mm-hmm. particular, you just enjoy the main actors and the main characters so much with yes. Loki, with Mobius, with those characters. They're so they seem to just be so comfortable in themselves. Like Owen Wilson feels like he's been in the MCU for a million years now. Yeah. You know, like he just he's so. He fits and just so many of his little like, oh, man, you know, it just the, like the little things that he does and says are great. Um, we got a good um, intro with uh, a new Hunter to discuss him, uh, Hunter X5, who's just a total snossage, you know, character, <laughs> but he's great. Uh, he gets to play an, an actor in episode two we'll talk about. Yeah. And um, yeah, just really enjoying having a lot of fun it's like it's got good comedy in that it doesn't force a lot of the comedy you know it's a little more mm-hmm. like subtle or like kind of cute with some things and it, it does sort mm-hmm. of like make you laugh you know and then just the people in particular like Hiddleston and owen wilson and uh kiwi kwan they're just funny character like funny actors you know yeah. they're just good they're like they have such a, a comedic way of playing things uh yeah, yeah i've been really pleased overall with you know most of it like i think it's a really solid b plus to a minus you know like really been right. like happy and like you said w- i actually had high expectations for this too because i liked season <laughs> one so much so that's <laughs> like i'm grading that on a scale where i was expecting a lot out of it too so right. i have been pretty pleased like visually cool the writing's pretty fun like it feels like that i like the tva you know it just feels like a lived in real place mm-hmm. you know like there's something really cool to it yeah. it's got a little star warsy to it but it's it's sort of Absolutely. grounded at the same time um the room that they mm-hmm. go in to eat the the key lime pie it's just so weird yeah it's like the weirdest thing in the world it's something like out of yeah. a beat john malkovich or something you'd see in like it there's just they just have credits and there's just this wall of pies that they just open the doors <laughs> there's like a bunch of it's just so bizarre you know the way it's but it um and even things that i was reading and watching some of the recaps of other uh great places that we we reference a lot there's like wes anderson <laughs> things that you notice about the way it's <laughs> shot the way it's the way it's looked some of the color scheme they spend some time in the 80s so there's some real like 80s looks yeah. to things which is cool and then just to kind of put a bow on our like overall review at the beginning. Once we get into episode three, I love with this show and with the character of Loki. And they've done it in some other Marvel MCU stuff. But I think with Loki, they do a, a really great job. When they can weave in these like real life history things. Like the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. Yes. I like had a blast do, doing a real life deep dive on the Chicago World's Fair and just like <laughs> go, like reading about all the different things they had there and how cool it was and uh, the world's first Ferris wheel. You had uh, yeah. 
you know, like the whole serial killer H.H. Holmes mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a Tesla. blast. Yeah, Tesla versus Edison, uh, which was really cool. Um, there was actually, I believe they broke the record for the most uh, the outdoor attendance in one day. Uh, it was like in late October. They had of nineteen of eighteen ninety three. They had seven hundred and fifty one thousand people attended in one day. Wow! Like, just absurd. Well, that's uh, that's, yeah, um, twenty seven million people visited over the six months. Um, Forty six nations took part. It was just like an an entire you know city. They called it the White City to itself. And mm-hmm. there was all sorts of like underground crime and all sorts of different stuff happening. But then, you know, like anything at the highest levels, you had the rich, the prestigious. There was people that were able to really make it throughout the, those six months. And then we uh, we we saw a guy like uh, the the man known as Victor Timely, which is mm-hmm. a variant of uh, of Kang. So. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Let's start with episode one and kind of pick out some of the important things that happened in episode one that were worth talking. We right away fast pace, right? We just pick right back <laughs> up where we left off in season one. Yeah. So we don't have much time in between at all. We see the King variant statue at the TVA of He Who Remains, and Loki is being chased by Mobius and the TVA yeah. agents. They don't even know who he is. Um, yeah. And this is. We find out actually in the past We see that Loki mm-hmm. Is actually doing what's called Time slipping And it's This was one of like the funny parts where He's being kind of pulled Between time <laughs> Back and forth And as he's kind of vanishes He, he What I think Owen Wilson says It looks like <laughs> I love being born And dying at the same time yeah. And like some of the visuals his face make, just the facials he makes when Loki says, "Oh, you know, did it look bad?" I, I mean, no, I guess it's okay. You know, he just it was. Yeah, that was so one of the funniest Wilson, moments for sure. You know, really good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't take long for us to get right back into these two guys, and they've just got such a great chemistry. And we, when we spend a lot of time with them, and um, together, it, it's it's usually a blast. And I even was listening to mm-hmm. the Ringer um, podcast, and one of the girls did like a deep dive on how if you watch Tom Hiddleston Loki, like every time he goes in and out and he time slips, he does these little small things like hair flips, like yes. every time yeah. you'll <laughs> notice, and it's just yeah, just fantastic attention to detail from him. He does. He does one in episode three too. Like, like he, it's just his signature move, you know. And uh-huh. they, they do the same like camera perspective every time he does it. Or very often when he does it, and he, it's it's iconic for him at this point. So, yeah, I love to see that. And the time slipping thing, I thought was a great addition to to the show. The, the way they pulled it off visually, I thought was you know absolutely great. I love the design of that, and it was very funny the the way that uh that Mobius reacted to it. And uh, that one shot, I think you mentioned the Wes Anderson that one shot in the elevator where they don't realize there's another character. There's we, we as the audience don't know there's another person in the elevator with them. That that yeah, that's just a great example of that and the chemistry between them. Excellent. And then you throw uh, OB into the mix and it's oh, just, it just takes it to another level. It does. And 
They can't find Miss Minutes Miss Minutes is offline She's nowhere to be found And there's a lot of chaos going on With all sorts of branching happening So they're trying to look into the TVA guidebook Our good buddy Casey He's got the, the guidebook down pretty good It's a, an index of basically every classification of everything um, hmm. In episode one we meet a couple new characters Hunter X5 I mentioned we'll oh. talk more about him a little bit In uh, in episode 2 in particular um, Then General Docs She's Weird. like a decorated war general She was uh, um, Lysa of the Wasn't she Lysa of the Vale In uh, uh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones? I yes. believe yes. yeah She had a young Robin of the Vale Who was uh, who was uh, breastfeeding till about 27, I believe, years old. And they uh, they always made fun of him. Um, but she wants to sort of hold true to the wishes of the timekeepers, which is weird. She's just sort of someone who's been so stuck in her ways for so long. She can't imagine that she's been wrong or that, you know, <laughs> like what she's been doing has been a lie. So she just wants to oversee what these fake people wanted from her. You know, yeah. like she, it, she can't quite process it yet, and this is what you, this is what you see, right? Mm-hmm. With, with all sorts of like needing to rehabilitate people from certain mm-hmm. things, from people that believe in certain things. We're kind of like seeing cult. this right now in in, in some yeah. of society with like information sure. sometimes that's just completely yeah. wrong and gets kind of run with. But um, yeah, it's it it I th- I think they do a really good job of showing the different characters and even like Mobius how he sort of bounces back and forth with the struggles between it. Yeah. And Hunter X5 like once he figures this out what he wants to do and B15 she sort of feels different. Then we meet Judge Gamble. She actually seems to have a conscience. She mm-hmm. orders there to be no more proving. And then there's another Hunter D90 up there on part of the council too. So they do give you a good idea of like all of these different people are unique people, you know, so they would have different thoughts on what should we do? What's the right or wrong mm-hmm. thing to do here? Some feel like, hey, we need to restore, like, restore order. Let's just get back to the one sacred timeline. In doing so, they're going to be killing hundreds, thousands, millions of people. Billions. yeah, Billions Absolutely. is what they end up saying, you know, and then uh, mm. others want to, hey, what we were doing was wrong before. We don't want to put our hands on this anymore. Let's just let things go. So we're getting that mm-hmm. contrast here, which I thought they did do a good job of showing between the characters that just not everybody feels the same way. And this just feels to me like how it would be in reality. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm getting a little bit of like a, a deja vu here because I feel like we brought up this point at, at one point discussing something else. But it's like there's the two reactions that you have, you know, if you're in a cult and then you 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 find out that the cult is fake. It's like you either uh, ra- rally against it and you r- rail against it for the rest of your life. Uh, and it's like you become public enemy number one to that cult. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you kind of double down in your mm-hmm. your zealotism, you know, yep. your zealotry. I don't know what that word is, but whatever. <laughs> but you become like your loyal, your, yeah, your loyalty <laughs> yeah. to it, right? Yeah, you're yeah. like a loyalist, you know. And um, it's yeah, it's. I think I loved the way they had it kind of shown through uh, through episode one. A couple questions we were asking: <laughs> Where's Miss Minutes? Where's Renslayer? They can't find either one of them, and that's something that. Is important because as these branches in the timelines keep branching off, 
They don't have anyone that's in charge to help override the systems. It's like a bunch of the workers there with none of the managers or none of the executives to like type in the codes. So they're all, they got no manager card at the restaurant. Like, Hey, I need a discount on my order over here. And there's no, uh, there's no manager card to help you out. That's sort of where they're sitting. Um, one thing I really liked TK, I thought Tom did a really good job of portraying his, uh, um, fear of he who remains. And how mm, terrifying yes. he was. In fact, when Mobius ends up seeing a variant of him in episode three, he's like, Man, <laughs> it's him. This is not he's not scary at all. You know, he was not let yeah. all like you said, but he he shows it on his face how scared he is. And mm-hmm. I think as a character, when you're watching this and you see someone like Loki, who was a villain who's obviously been through a lot, and he's this terrified, I think it it yeah. does a good job of like trying to set a set a tone for you yeah and i think his performance there carries a lot of the 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 weight of that because you know i don't think that as an audience member as a viewer that i perceived he who remains is all that scary no absolutely and i don't even really understand the threat to be honest with you i i guess i understand in an abstract way that we're trying to prevent uh, this infinite amount of really dangerous kangs uh, from you know basically taking over the multiverse, uh, and so we've had a little bit of like a, a role reversal um, in terms of like Loki's perspective on should the TVA operate or not, like uh, kind of gotten thrown up in the air, and and it's a little bit confusing now. Like you know are they are they on the side of good uh, after all? Is pruning these timelines a good thing, or because that'll prevent a you know a much greater risk of the multiverse which is you know kang like a, a kang dynasty so to speak uh or you know is it is it all bad i, I don't really know at this point i mean i gotta think genociding a bunch of timelines is bad uh but maybe it's the lesser of two evils uh, yeah it's know, one I'm, of those I'm, I'm wondering. like very like existentially questions that we've they've done a they've done a really good job with that even in series or things that may have not has been complete i think that's been one thing that i've really enjoyed that the MCU and Star Wars has done recently is played on that like who is good and who is bad, right? And even the people, right? Yeah. And even the people, I, I, every time we talk about this, I think of that one scene with the Bill Burr character from in oh. you know in the Mandalorian when he's just talking about like you know there's the show people, great, right? <laughs> like there's yeah there's people on both sides of the war that are the ones really the workers that like they think they're just work doing for doing a righteous mm. cause. You know, um, r- really cool, really cool that they've been able to kind of portray that, I think, in both of these, um, you know, <laughs> worlds and universes in uh, the MCU and in Star Wars. A couple other things to hit on from episode one. And we see General Docs send troops to find Sylvie, who's gone off and nobody knows where Sylvie is. They can't find her anywhere. And then we meet who has Kind of stolen the show, I think, for the early part of this series, at least. Ob mm-hmm. Ouroboros, who is a Kiwi Kwan Oscar winner. We know him from the Goonies from years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun, nerdy character, yeah. knows a ton. He's the man who operates and fixes things. He wrote the handbook, and he is so yeah. proud of it. He's in the basement, TK. He hasn't had a visitor in 400 years. The dude never stops working. He gets requests sent through tubes over and over. Um, But he feels like like he's a little more important than he leads on. Yes. 
He has right. to be right. Yeah. He's credited in the book. That was this one thing that's like very, very strange. If you have everything is kind of like comes from Kang or it's supposed to be this, um, you know, kind of infinite uh, power that's behind the TVA. Um, the, the idea that there's like a guy that's credited with writing the manual, it's, 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 it's kind of odd there. That seems out of place almost. So like, why, why, why did he, why does he have that uh, designation and that, you know, you know why is he, why did he get that honor? I guess, you know, nobody else is accredited for anything in the TVA. I think I mean, everybody's got these, these names. Uh, most of them have names like uh, X90 and things like that. You know, they're uh, Mobius. That's probably not, not, his real not name. their real name, I guess right? Real, real might not be his real name either, but still, it seems like this isn't a place where they're crediting the workers for anything. And there's that really cool scene. What did you think of it? It was sort of like we've seen, I think, in Butterfly Effect, Lost Arrival. <laughs> our guy from uh, New Rockstars had said, and I remembered from a yeah. couple of these where you have these memories forming in real time. Ob yeah. is visited yeah. in the past by Loki as Loki time slips, and Loki shares things with Ob, and he starts to have memories created in the present. Yeah. It, it's something yeah. that's very comedic so you've got to play it play on it right and there yeah. was even a line where they had said it, oh uh mobius says is loki telling you this right now and you're now just remembering it and he said toby <laughs> responds yeah that makes perfect <laughs> sense there's nothing wrong with that logic whatsoever <laughs> you know it was just like it's if you're gonna have fun with it it's okay yeah. if 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 you take something really seriously and then maybe you're messing up some of the little specifics, that's mm-hmm. when we have I think when we have our time with it. But if you're kind of leaning into the mm-hmm. fun and kind of silliness of it, I thought that yeah. was it was a really cool scene. Yeah, and uh Obi the the you know, Kia Kwan, he just plays it so sincere that it's it it just it feels authentic and hilarious at the same time. It's just he's a really delight of a character and I, I love that that whole aspect with the time slipping and uh you know what basically a new iteration of time travel logic in the mcu it seems that in the tva it's more back to the future rules like you were like you were saying it's more back to the future frequency you can change things it's not creating a new branch within the tva for uh, i guess that's maybe the one place in the multiverse where you know you can't create a branch timeline based on time slipping uh, I'm not sure about that, but it seems to be the case. It, and uh, oh, like as you were pointing out, even when Ob will tell us something like "we're all gonna die" or say something yeah. that the words from someone else would would come off mean, he's just yeah. so sweet that he just does. He just always comes off genuine. And uh, man, I want this poor guy to be able to to get a nap or or have a beer or or yeah. something. Um, he lets us he's know about the stressed. Yeah, he, he <laughs> he's is constantly at at a at a ten out of ten. Just like you know, redlining it, uh, constantly worried that you know, like you said, we're all gonna die. Is like his, that's his constant. That's right. Thing, <laughs> yeah. So he lets us know about the temporal aura extractor. It's the source code that transcends all of time, and he tells us that Loki is is basically being pulled between time. And we need Loki to get pulled out of time stream into the temporal room. Like all these specifics where basically Loki has to kind of prune himself. So there's only one Loki left. There's too many versions of himself out there. And what ends up having to happen here, 
um, they, they, he has to violently rip himself from time and space. It, it, it is funny when OB will describe some of the things that have yes. to happen. For, he tells Owen Wilson that uh, Mobius, that if he's um, you know out there a little too long, that his skin's going to be burned off. And, yeah. and, and you know, he's in the background like, skin burned off? You know, he's like <laughs> mouthing it and like it just he writes it into the dust oh it's so, it's so it's perfect so skin yeah, yeah it's just yeah. Perfect. great great comedy stuff here and um we get into the temporal loom room and we get to see the this crisis the branching is overloading the temporal room um i thought the visual was cool these massive doors open as they enter yeah which you see the timeline where raw time is refined into the physical <laughs> timeline, and Loki Fun and Loki, right? It's, it is it's, like it's it's kind of you know over the top silly. It doesn't really make sense, but I, I like the visual and the concept of it. It's fun to imagine and and play in that world. So Loki and Mobius and Ob want to stop pruning. Um, so they attempt a different approach so they can save everyone and they can also get Loki out of this time slipping. Uh, Mobius has to help fix it He has to enter the timeline Which this huge hazmat suit uh, Which is hilarious And We hear sirens and a countdown There's chaos all over Loki keeps slipping back and forth Just very fast paced at the end of episode 1 And it looks as if Loki is going to be Lost to time But right as he uh, He kind of jumps forward He jumps to a point where he sees Sylvie And then he gets pruned right then. And at that moment, it actually saves him. The force of it knocks him and Mobius back in. And uh, so for the moment, Loki is okay. And he's <laughs> able to kind of get out of the time slipping for now. Um, yeah. He's grounded so in time now. Yeah, yeah that's, that's sort of the end of our first episode. We do get a post credit scene. And we see in 1982... Braxton, o- Braxton, Oklahoma Sylvie is on a branching Timeline this is um, A place where they re- uh, Thor relocated To in the comics so this is kind of a cool uh, mm-hmm. Reference point here Sylvie goes here right After killing he who remains And she's got to stop at Mickey D's and she's got to try yeah. the new Chicken McNuggets here <laughs> um, And she everything looks, Yeah she looks at she McDonald's in absolute awe like yeah. it was Disneyland you got to remember for someone like her she's been yeah. on the run forever since she was a child she was taken uh-huh. by the TVA she escaped she's been on the run she's had to deal with all sorts of chaos she's been hiding out in like war throughout her whole life in these like massive war events um all over the place and destructive events and so now she's finally going to try to find a place where she can kick back and live her life and it is it is kind of cool. I thought I think you know that was one of the um, the complaints I've heard in in others from in a few recaps, and I thought so. We haven't Sylvie hasn't had a lot to do really in the first mm-hmm. like three episodes of this of the show mm-hmm. this year, and and she's mm-hmm. sort of become like a wet blanket character. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, whenever she yeah. shows up, it's like right when like things are kind of getting meaty, and like she does. Yeah. Like what she's doing now is totally opposite of what is is what is probably should be done. 
right? She's mm-hmm. definitely trying. Like we we see from their perspective that Loki and Mobius and B five they are actually trying to save people's lives, and so like every time we see Sylvie right now, we're like, come on, Sylvie, just get yeah. it together. So I've heard that gripe, and I've I've kind of read that in a few recaps too. Yeah, and I, I don't know if if it's just the writing, the way they've characterized her. Yeah, she's not very likable, and you don't really get her motivation too much. And I, I think something feels maybe off just in general. Uh, even totally looking agree. back at season one with her, um, just that maybe the casting or something. Something about she doesn't even really strike me as a lady Loki. Um, you know what I mean? She doesn't strike me as an all like a female version of Tom Hiddleston in any way. So no, even on that level, there's something feels off to me about the character there. There's, I think, I think she does a good job in a, in a few spots in that, like Mm -hmm. right here at the end of this, I think she does a pretty good job when she's like longingly looking there at McDonald's, right? Like she's, she's kind of wearing it on her face pretty well. And then even when she, she is, and she's doing a good job in it, but I I agree with you. Like I'm I don't see her and, and go like, Oh yeah, that was a Loki mannerism or, Mm -hmm. Oh, that like, that was the way he stood or talked or the tone or things like that. And, uh, when, I don't know when you, I guess when you saw the, all the other Lokis in the one, which was I, maybe mm-hmm. my favorite episode, where where they yeah. uh, he gets pruned and he has to deal with Elioth and he has to deal with the other you know Lokis and even they had some little idiosyncrasies that I thought you, were Loki, mm-hmm. right? The way that they would maybe yeah. look or talk or say things, and I haven't picked it up quite as much. Maybe one at the beginning of Sylvie, but there was like a few times, but not not recently and not as much. But I did think yeah. she. She showed it on her face here that she's ready to live a normal life, and that's how yeah. episode one ends. Sylvie in the 1980s going to be grubbing it yeah. up at McDonald's. Now, have you heard the Look theory? What they took from us, by the way, just before we go on. Go ahead. Old school McDonald's. You mentioned Disneyland. Oh, that, that was that was Disneyland, bro. Dude, I when, as a kid, when they had the play place. You and, know what? For me, uh, what the one was, um, and I had the best memories of was the Pizza Hut. That you would go to yeah. and sit in with the buffets, Dude, yeah. right? And they would have the they would bring the pan pizza right out to your table. You'd always go there after the baseball game or soccer game with yep. the, with a few people. Like I remember, right? Where in like in Almani and where there were a couple of them, and like where we were, and I loved it. I get the breadsticks yeah. too, but the 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 deep dish man, yeah, it was just it was better. And no matter what, they brought it back. They tried to have our guy yeah. Craig Robinson like do be the pitch man for it, but it's just not the same. <laughs> It's just not it's the not. same. It's not. It's not. But, uh, Bring but back that, those red cups and, oh, and uh, I know. Oh, sit down, man. So yeah. fantastic. So great. Shout out to the old sit-in pizza huts. <laughs> As uh, we move from episode one to episode two, and this is kind of what you're talking about. Like, it feels like they could have had a scene or two where there was exposition. And I even heard a, a people, a, a, a people, a few people here and there talk <laughs> about how. You know, maybe there was something missing. I I like that they just sort of trust us Loved with it. these characters now. Yeah, like won't well, absolutely love that. Like because yep. it, it, um, it doesn't I like feeling take... a little bit disoriented. I'm, I'm like, oh, what? Where are we? What, what's going on? It draws me in, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm interested now. I'm intrigued. I feel like we're moving, and I got to keep up. That's There's a better different... feeling than like the show slogging along, and I feel like I'm looking at my phone or or you know the the, the clock every ten minutes. 
different ways of doing things too. You know what I mean? And you don't have mm-hmm. to always do it that you can do it this way. You can do it the next time, do it a little bit differently. And this was yeah. because it, it got right into it. And then within minutes, I mean, within seconds right away, we heard a, like a, a line in passing. Oh yeah. This is what we're doing here. Right. <laughs> this is what yeah. we're doing. So that's fine. That's really all we need. Um, their X five is out on his own as an actor. Uh, Brad yeah. Wolf. <laughs> this was pretty great. He is such a such a douche, and he yeah. uh, Loki and Mobius. They're trying to find out more information about Sylvie, um, and they get here in 1977 London. And what I like now is they're telling us every time they show up somewhere, is this on the sacred timeline or is this on the branch timelines? Yeah. So this is yeah. part of the sacred timeline. As um, Loki, like the kind of overall themes of this episode, Loki and Movius at their friendship is just awesome throughout. Like, and you get to see mm-hmm. them playing like good cop, bad cop too, which is yeah. just great. And yeah. uh, we see that Loki still kind of really infatuated with Sylvie, and maybe I mean Sylvie still got a little something there, but she's not quite as obsessed at the moment as Loki is. She's kind of taking a different approach, trying to get away from him. And Loki's mm-hmm. sort of trying to get get back to her and find her. Um, this this had a lot of really cool Easter eggs in the background, like with the posters in the background um, at the mm-hmm. theater that they went to at the beginning of this, uh, where they where they see yeah. Brad Wolf. He's a he's a movie star now. He's starring in a horror movie called Zaniac. In the background, there's a poster yeah. for a movie called Herbie Rides Again, which was an actual movie part of the Herbie right. series that. I'm sure many people have seen out there probably watch with their kids. I think Lindsay Lohan was even in the remake of one of them not long ago. And then uh, they have a poster for Kingo, our guy, um, who was, you know, no doubt one of the few really, really good parts of the Eternals, which was not one of the greater, um, you know, recent releases. But it was cool Mm -hmm. because just those little Easter eggs and things like that are, are always fun to see. Because Absolutely. you notice them in the background, but they don't like smack you over the face. They're not all that heavy handed. Like, and there's a, been a lot of really cool visual stuff. I've mentioned that word before already, but in this series, like the way it looks yeah. when they get to the the fair in episode three that we'll get to in a minute, just mm-hmm. oh, very rarely is something looking just boring on the screen. No, there's they use interesting colors, patterns. The production design is really on point. They take uh, an anachronistic approach. You know, there's all these different kind of eras that they're playing with. Um, and yeah, I, I love it. I, I think it's really um, inspired. And that's one of the, the stronger elements of the show is it's got a really strong sense of, of visual style. Now, uh, as they try to approach Brad Wolf to talk with him, they need to get some information about Sylvie. He was sent to find Sylvie. And then all of a sudden he just doesn't come back. And now he's yeah. out on his own living this life. He yeah. kind of doing now, what Sylvie did. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, for it, it's like every like we were just talking about, so many of these people are conflicted now. They found out that yeah. the timekeepers aren't real. What they were doing was sort of a fake. Who who knows? Like what do you what are you supposed to think? Some want to go yeah. and live their own life. Some want to find themselves. There's a version of them out there. There was a life they were living. So he's he's got a pretty good one right here as a as a movie yeah. star, and now yeah. he's maybe he needs to get away from 
from mommy too. I, I, I don't know exactly what's going on with that whole Some uh, weird thing docs. with the judge docs. Oh weird, yeah. Weird mommy energy with a, which is like, together in a it very, was the same character yeah. from a uh, game of Thrones that she played. Yeah. Right. She had, right, the, right. She had the weird mommy energy. She brings <laughs> it every time. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, in the, it's like in her, in her casting for her resume. Uh, can we get yeah. that weird mom energy over here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got that gal on my, on my roster. Yeah. Right. No problem. So, um, Hunter X5, Brad Wolf, he tries to get away from Mobius and Loki. They just want to ask him some questions. Uh, B15 is there also. Um, I really enjoyed this scene where Loki gets to use his magic. Because remember, he hasn't yes. been able to use it in the TVA for a while. So yes, yeah. he's like a kid in a freaking candy store right here, yeah. man. He's like enchanting him. He's using illusions. He's created like a, a British street gang. That's just fake yeah. people out there that are yeah. chasing Brad. It is really, really cool stuff. Uh, he's got three yeah. versions of himself, and I love that he's never the one in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. You always think that if there's three of something, you right. think maybe the real one would be the one in the middle. But no, he's always in, yeah. you know, yeah. being that trickster, being sneaky. And, uh, this was cool. Yeah. This cool. He's on the periphery, you know, like that's that's how he is. He's got that Iago kind of energy, you know, Shakespearean wise. But like, uh, I-, I love that he gets to be Loki in this episode. Yep. This is the first time he, uh, I think, maybe in the whole series where he really feels like full blown Loki for the uh, next and then, you know, part yeah. of this episode too. Yeah, he gets to continue. Oh yeah, toward um, the end he goes full Jack Bauer. I mean, oh. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so they, um, Brad was using what what you know the temp had. He had it on his wrist too. It was like a prisoner time twister. It's unique. So once they get Brad, they bring him back to the TVA. Our buddy Casey, he's gonna try to figure out what is different about it. So he starts to investigate and they want to question Brad about Sylvie's whereabouts. So Mobius and Loki interrogate him. And initially, Brad isn't scared. You gotta remember, he was a hunter, he yeah. knows their methods. So exactly. he knows exactly what they're doing. So as they're trying to scare him and they're they're trying to play a little good cop, bad cop, and that kind of thing, he's just sort of rolling his eyes. And he's yeah. actually getting in their heads more than they're getting yeah. in his head because he tells, you know, Loki, you know, you know, all about all the bad stuff he did, all the people that he killed. How dare you try to act all righteous now? What about your mom? You know, and he really you don't yeah. bring up the mom, right? You don't want to no. mom it. That's that's a no-go there. Um, then he uh, hunt, um, Hunter X5 and Slash Brad also gets in, in the head of Mobius, who's normally so cool, calm, and collected. He talks about how Mobius doesn't care. He's the nowhere man. He He's just stuck here. He doesn't even want to go see his life. And Mobius <laughs> actually takes a swing at him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't see that coming from from Mobius. I mean, he's just so even even tempered and and soft spoken, right? Like he's he's basically the, like the Owen Wilson archetype, like through and through in this. Uh, and uh, yeah, like the the fact that he's being manipulated by this guy shows like that he's just got the upper hand, like so much. Like he, he like you said, he knows everything that they're doing, all their methods, and so that's the reason why. Loki have to take like kind of extraordinary measures and and uh, even kind of you know, double cross Mobius in order to make make this happen and 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 get what they want from them. So they need to go cool off. They need to have some fun. Yeah. 
that's when they go pie time. <laughs> they pie go time for that. pie time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They go have that key lime pie in that weird room where they get <laughs> to talk about Mobius and his life, and you know maybe yeah. why Mobius doesn't go out and see what his life would be. He said he said he's scared that it would be good. And that it would put all these yeah. crazy thoughts in his head and he wouldn't know what to do. He feels like yeah. right now, he said, I like my life. I have a good life. I'm going to go thank whoever kidnapped me and brought me here because it brought me to this pie. This is good pie. <laughs> just, right. you know, it was just very, yeah. um, just happy to be there. And I just, these I are the. He eats pie twice in this episode, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I think he, later he when he gets pie. to McDonald's, he, he, he has pie again. Yep. Uh, yep. they, they love pie on this show. Yeah. And I like this on key lime pie was like especially green. Most key lime pie is not that green, but this was like like dyed green or something like that, just mm-hmm. to add to that the the flavor of the show. Like like we were talking about the production design. They they take everything uh pretty seriously. They they're they're very detailed on this. So like the even uh, the it green makes you care a little bit more, color, right? Just like the thing you yeah, just yeah. noticed and it. It's just more vibrant, you know. And it's, it's like vibrant. It's it's a it was a little bit sickly too, in in its uh, implications there. So like it seems slightly off. Like the, all the like heavy oranges in the room. That's kind of like off in a weird way. Kind of it's mm-hmm. off putting a little there's, bit. I don't know if and you the, remember the, this the movie. This green is, is that way there's, too. There's something about the green that was like it reminded me of the movie Drop Dead Fred. Um, there's this like a green, you know, when there's this green and the way he sort of looks when he's like going away more and more and more and he's wearing this green, he kind of gets faded and faded. It's sort of like that. Um, it it was this funny, just unique. That's what I like about this show too. It's like, they're they're doing a really good job with it. And our guys, they talk, they regroup and they go back in to question Brad. And this time they have a device that looks sort of like a vacuum. And now Brad's tone's kind of changing a little bit and, and, you know, for a second, it looks like they can't find the remote to this. And then Brad realizes, oh, okay, they don't have the control. Like you can't do anything without the control. You know, how's, I got top bunk. How's top bunk up there? You know, he's like giving him that. And, uh, all of a sudden Loki slams the door shut and we get to go Loki here. We get Loki coming back, man. Yeah, this device creates a time cube and can shrink things inside of it and crush it. We see it do it to like a table right there in the room. And Mm -hmm. then we sort of look around the room and notice that there are like drains in the room. Yeah, like a grate in the floor. Yeah, yeah. Where that they've. Probably done this slaughterhouse or something. Many, exactly, <laughs> and we've the yeah. ooze is probably just dripping there. And all of a sudden, yeah. Brad starts getting just terrified. He's like, "Hey, hey, don't don't mess don't mess around with that. Like, you yeah. got to know what to do." And like Loki's doing such a great job of uh, yeah. playing with it at the beginning and acting like he doesn't know the controls. Oh, whoa, could have could have yeah, hurt you yeah. there, huh, buddy? Oh man, look at wow, I didn't know it did that. And then he puts. Yeah. Brad inside this box and squishes him. My mom is uh won't has not gotten in an elevator since she was like 15 years old. She got stuck in an elevator for a long time. So when she had me and my sister, 
she went up the stairs at the hospital. Um, even oh. when she was on, and she wouldn't let him go in the elevator. When I was sick in the hospital with with cancer, my mom would walk up. She'd have to get someone to open the door for her because it was like only one way up the stairs in the back. She oh. would freak out, freak out just watching the scene of this person oh being gosh. put in yeah. this box and crushed. Oh, I was like thinking about her when I was watching this. I yeah. was like, my mom would go nuts because. This scene is terrifying to put oh, yeah. someone claustrophobic, inside yeah, something and to have yeah. <laughs> it crush you. It like, and the way they show it visually, it looked awesome. He was just crushed, mm-hmm. but his arms yeah. were like squished up by his face. He looked like he yeah. was all contorted. Man, this was, they got the, they got some info from him. <laughs> they got what they yeah, full Jeff Bauer. And, yeah. and, uh, I love that uh, Mobius is kind of playing his part too, unwittingly. But you know, he's he's freaking out in the back, and it's just adding to. We can't uh, get the, the door the open. This is and re- Brad, yeah, I don't know what's real. going and, on, man. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't think he was like acting there. I think he was really like kind of scared of what Loki was going to do, and because of that, it was it was all that more authentic and. Uh, and I think that uh, that made that was the thing that probably really terrified Brad and made him think it was real. So. The branching keeps overloading, and uh, OB cannot figure out the problem with the temporal loom. We see that there's an invalid temporal aura. They need someone with the right fingerprint, he who remains or miss minutes. It seems like it's got to be one of them. Even though mm-hmm. OB is important, more than we've said, he, it seems like he lets on. He still doesn't have the access or the power to stop this here. It seems like it can only be mm-hmm. he who remains or a variant of this. Or or Miss Minutes, one of them. Um, we get a cool meeting between Casey and Ob. They're BFFs because Casey's one of the few people who's yeah. read the TVA guidebook. Not only yeah. read, he's memorized it. He knows yeah. everything about it, and he even asks Ob for an autograph. And yeah. uh, Ob's all jazzed, very happy to have a friend and uh, to give him an autograph. So. The they can be a, a defense team for the TVA because they're they're sharp yeah. guys. They'll if there's a problem they can figure out. They'll uh, they'll do whatever they can to fix it. Yeah, I love those two together because they're both very like sincere and have like a sweet, Dude, naive kind of a sensibility to them. And you can't play that like that's a hard, one of the hardest mm-hmm. things to act is sincere. Mm-hmm. So easy to act like mean, like a prick, or like over the yeah. top or jokey, but to just be like genuine. Yeah, and, it's and not so, easy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. So we head back to 1982, Broxton, Oklahoma. Loki, Mobius, and X5. Uh, Brad finds Sylvie in the 1980s. They're working at McDonald's. She's got her kind of mulletish hair going, and yeah. she's working with Jack. Have you seen the theories out there mm-hmm. about Jack? Mm-hmm. Aka possibly, Young Mobius. Possibly what? Young Mobius. Lots of little. It fits. Well, like it fits. What we were just talking about with Sylvie versus Loki, right? The things that yeah. this kid does could absolutely mm-hmm. be Mobius. Absolutely. And what we were just talking about with that that kind of like sincerity, that sweet sincerity. Uh, I think Owen Wilson brings, brings that to the character of Mobius too. And this kid matches it. So I feel like that's maybe it's a red herring. I mean, this could be another um, – Another Quicksilver, Ralph what, what, Boner, yeah, another Ralph Boner thing going on there. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too carried away with it or get too invested in that, but I think I'm almost disappointed that uh, 
we we know about it now because I do strongly think that that's probably the way they're going in it. And I'm kind of like, ah, we, we got the surprise too early. But um, yeah, I think that's probably what it is. So Loki goes to ask Sylvie for help. He talks with her. He even offers to let her enchant him so she knows that he's being genuine and being honest. She's not happy to see Loki, but he pleads with her to help her save the uh, the TVA. Um, and they don't want to continue to have millions and billions of people die here. Um, she, uh, Sylvie, actually at a, enchants H five, and she ends up seeing the plan to bomb all people. So it when she sees it, she's oh she's in for helping. She wants to go to take the TVA down. So we have a team assembled. We've got Loki, we've got Mobius, and we've got Sylvie. They head back to try to stop the judges led by Docs, and they're able to get to them. They actually hold hands for a moment, and they use their power together, mm-hmm. like they did against uh, Eliath at the end of season yeah. one. And they're Maybe able to say something like, "Don't look into this too much. Don't, don't yeah. think about this too much." Something like that. Doesn't want him to think. Like, that don't get any hands. ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all this is. That's all this is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like the girl that has to kiss you for truth or dare, you know? And like when you're like <laughs> right. when you're like 15 years Just old. Dare. Hey, don't think <laughs> anything more to this. And then like later on, they're gonna text you or something when no one's around. <laughs> that's what that's like the vibe I was getting here too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and even with them coming in and. Getting rid of the judges and stopping them from completing the process, there still have been, I think they said hundreds of timelines that were completely pruned, which means that yeah. there were billions of people, and yes. they kind of watched think, in in like Eric, horror. Yeah, yeah. I think Eric might have said eighty from Eric from math. New yeah, I think he did math, and that's the only way I know from just watching new rock stars. But I think it, I think it was eighty, uh, which is still, like you said, billions and billions of people. Um, and yeah, this part I had a little bit of an issue with. Just I felt like the energy in the room didn't match the, the stakes. They didn't. It didn't really convey to me the, the sense of like losing that many people. I, I don't know if it's just because. We weren't seeing any of that, and we weren't invested in you know any of those the, people's the people. lives. Yeah, it seemed very abstract as a concept. And then, just as you know, performance-wise, they're looking on, you know, in horror, but not really. They seem just kind of like they, they seem like upset about it, but not like devastated in the way that you would expect it to be. You know, mourning billions of actual you know lives. So something about it just seemed. I don't know, underdone a little bit. This that was my big complaint about this episode in particular. And we finish up with uh, Casey getting a hit on Renslayer's temp pad. So mm-hmm. now they have some uh, information on where she has been. So as we get ready for episode three, we're going to get a look at Ravana Renslayer, and that's where we open mm-hmm. up. In episode 3 TK We are on the sacred yeah. timeline now We're in Chicago, yeah. Illinois I think the south side of Chicago here mm-hmm. And Ravana Is going to find A variant of Kang A young Victor Timely uh, This is a part of History where this was just a few years After the Civil War had ended This area mm-hmm. in Chicago Is very like it's not built up. It's not modern. It's sort of new. 
uh, like a rundown and like a poor area mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah, not, like not not a rich area whatsoever. And that's when Ravana yeah. shows like up. A shanty town. Oh yeah, yeah. at the time it's, it feels like, like a shanty town. It's like it's exactly, like a farm. Like you're almost on like farmish. Yeah, it's not even like yeah. settled at all. You know, yeah. it's like you're like in the out in the woods ish almost right there and. Uh, mm-hmm. No, we don't even see streets and any tor- any type of real like structure of mm-hmm. a city or anything. You're right. It's the shanty town was a really good way of uh, of describing mm-hmm. it, like we've we've seen in history books. And we we Ravana's even kind of taken back, and Miss mm-hmm. Minutes gives Ravona some instructions from He Who Remains. She needs to get this new variant up to speed. And that will help get he who remains back atop the TVA with Renslayer and Miss Minutes by his side. Man, what a weird, weird love triangle we've got in this episode. Oh, yeah. These three that I would tell you I in no way saw coming. I mean, we had heard Same. that Same. there were like maybe some things with with Renslayer and Kang. And I could have mm-hmm. seen some like working relationship where there was a power dynamic, something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think I love like I just some people have thought I kind of like the fact that they went super weird with this. It was just yeah. random. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go with it. I, I was yeah. like, I had no problem with it at all. And Miss Minutes is she is DTF this whole episode, man. <laughs> really? She is, yeah, she's down bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, she wants some of that Kang. She, um, she does. The Kang dang. What a, right. Yeah. yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> The love triangle there, yeah, it's it's weird. I love this. I love the that they're doing weird stuff, and you know, I would love triangle with a, like a, a crazy AI uh, that's out of control. We've we've seen crazy AI in the Marvel universe before. Um, you know, there's a lot of parallels that we can draw between you know Tony Stark's story and Victor Timely's story um, throughout this. But uh, you know, I think Miss Minutes uh, is is kind of teed up now to be maybe the big bad of the, at least this mm-hmm. season. Another crazy AI. I love that. Um, and, uh, yeah, while we're on maybe theories, uh, with Ravana, have you heard the theory about her possibly being a king variant? Yes. Also, I've also heard the one of her being Miss Minutes, like somehow having been like King being King have having made Miss Minutes out of like. A mold or like of Ravana of like a variant of Renslayer. Um, so love when we get to this point of the series where we're right in the middle, where we yeah. get all these theories. Cause this is that's what's so much fun about the week to week experience on shows where mm-hmm. you know, I'm someone who like I'm a maniac, I stay up late and do work and I like sleep all sorts of weird hours. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy binging shows and like picking up a show and getting through mm-hmm. it real quick. But the week to week experience and like being able to do what we do here and sort of talk about it, then have a few days to kind of reflect, maybe watch it one more time before think about what could Mm -hmm. happen. We we don't get that as much as we used to, you know, like the water cooler sort of show Mm -hmm. that you used to go to school and talk about with your friends or you'd be able to talk about with people. And uh, it it's fun, like especially with. Marvel and Star Wars folks out there. We're all nerds and it's fun to be able to kind of find the other nerds and throw our theories out there. Yeah, let it marinate for a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so Ravona has a package, and Miss Minutes directs her to bring this package and drop it in that window. And when Miss Minutes is telling Ravona here 
uh, Renslayer says, hey, you know, you you get, get back in there. You don't exactly blend in. So to blend in, Miss Minutes just changes her color. She turns herself yeah. black and white. Like, yeah. oh, cool, like a talking AI clock. Just <laughs> yeah. black and white. Nobody's going to care about that. You know, as long, as long as it's in black and white, it'll it'll fit in. But yeah, right. that's sort of like a funny thing. Like, that's an, a, yeah. a little cute sort of thing that um, I, I made me chuckle. And we see the young he who remains variant, Victor Timely. He... Yeah. Opens uh, a package that was dropped in his window, and that package is the TVA guidebook. <laughs> so we're going to spend a lot of time with Victor in this episode, but for now we go back to the TVA for a moment. I guess before we do, TK, what'd you think of just kind of the way they played this this episode out, and how this mm-hmm. was? Uh, you know, we've seen time travel and things like this mm-hmm. completely. Played out different in different movies and different shows and different books. Mm-hmm. This is a way of them trying to really orchestrate, yeah, the future. And it seems like he who remains had a plan. I think this was what yeah. new rock new rock stars had said, almost like he plotted all these different variants of himself, right, on all these yeah. different timelines all over as these contingency them, right? Yeah, yeah. To like create a just, new he who remains to replace. You got to just go kind of flip the switch when you need, and then boom, like one of those contingency mm-hmm. plans is good. You got Miss Minutes to do the dirty work for you, and like, you know, uh, right here, and we we get the feel through this episode that Miss Minutes has been with he who remains from the beginning mm-hmm. and has done a lot of the dirty yeah. work. Yeah, and I like that uh, we get some of her backstory. We find out that what, what she was created to. To play chess with or something like that And then she was allowed to write Her own uh, code And rewrite her own you know Identity essentially and uh, I guess that's how she became a fully Sentient AI and Is at this level now where she can be Malevolent in a lot of ways And I find her really fascinating too Because she can interact with the the World we see her move Objects uh, around And stuff so you know Miss Minutes could could kill somebody in the show, you mm-hmm. know, who, who knows? Uh, but yeah, this is all of a sudden a, a very compelling uh, element in the show, a variable uh, that was introduced at the end of the last season. And I felt was, you know, at the time, more of just this uh, kind of side character, something that wouldn't be super important, but was there to maybe, you know, uh, give us some exposition in a, in a fun way. But it turns out uh, she, uh, this character is essential to, to the story and the plot and where we're going with it. And they do a really good job of like making the stakes seem humongous, but also like low, right? We have a lot of just Mm -hmm. conversations going on. It's not just wall to wall, like action, you know, Mm -hmm. even in this dire time. And that's a hard dance to to do, right? To be able to do both, because that's been a problem in some of these other shows that we've had where it's like, ah, like the stakes just don't seem very high. Or, yeah, or uh, and the comedy you know, will undermine the stakes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, they don't or, fall into that trap in this. Or like with the, the tones are just inconsistent, right? Like yeah. the stakes yep. will seem super high, and then all of a sudden they'll go into like this different tone or comedy. But this one does a really good job of making the stuff feel kind of weighty and important. But then they still do have time to kind of get from here to there, and it mm-hmm. it all feels sort of okay because uh, we, we it fits. Yeah, yeah, we check back in at the TVA where Obi and Loki and Mobius and 
Casey, B15, they're all trying to stop this kind of oncoming doom. And OB lets us know it's uh, it's stable right now, but the branches docks pruned are growing back. If we can't get in there and increase the diameter of the loon's intake, he gives all the specifics. <laughs> um, you know, Most jargon. Loki's like, John <laughs> yeah, uh, Logie says something, you know, uh, he asks him, simpler, you know, simpler. And he, he mm-hmm. tells, and then so he'll, he kind of tries to give it to him a little bit. We need to scale d- down the capacity to manage all those new branches. Otherwise, it's going to fail. And we're, the TVA will be destroyed and we're all going to die. <laughs> and uh, um, Loki says, there has to be another way. Uh, and Mobius says, yeah, we, we, we can hack into the system. And OB just says, oh, really? Cool. <laughs> this was like a who's on first, you know, kind of like yeah. uh skit here where he says, no, I mean, I was asking, can we hack into the system? <laughs> uh, no, you, no, we can't. They're trying to find a way. And the only thing OB knows of if Miss Minutes can override the system or if they can get he who remains or a he who remains variant. Those are the only Ways they can get this access To fix this temporal loom here And things are getting Dire in the TVA But we're Getting a little bit more and more information Because Casey has the temp pad And he's found out that Miss Minutes Sent information to Renslayer And they have a couple hits on the temp pad So they at least know where they're Going now Um, So Mobius and and Loki have a, A plot they can follow Yeah yeah, and I, I love uh, that we get to go to this location. We get to go to the the, the World's Fair. What was it, 1893? Like, and mm-hmm. you, like you mentioned earlier, there's so much going on. It's such a rich point in history for them to be, you know, placed in. Uh, and then they can add, you know, they can add uh, lore on top of that. You know, their own Marvel lore on top of this real life, um, momentous uh, historical event. Uh, so I thought that, that was a really cool, just a a, a a great location, a great setting uh, to have this episode. And we even got a cool flash um, as they we saw the camera follow through the time door, the portal, mm. which we haven't seen before. So we kind of saw mm. someone like them visually following the through when Loki stepped yeah. through the time door. And now we're at the Chicago yeah. World's Fair, 1893. So this was 20... Five years after Ravona mm-hmm. initially went back to eighteen six uh, to uh, to eighteen sixty eight because that's where mm-hmm. we saw the young young variant and we've needed to see him now grow up. Um, mm-hmm. So really cool. The Chicago World's Fair, like this massive massive event in history. Right yeah. off the bat, we see this huge Ferris wheel, incredible. Just glowing white all over the place Bright bright lights And Mobius is pretty pumped The white city Edison (laughs) H.H. Holmes Yes hot air balloons Like all over the background In reading 2 This was a place that was so uh, eclectic Normally when you Mm -hmm. would have something like this It would be more of um, Either like a business event Or like a Mm -hmm. scholar event and in this, it incorporated everything. It had, mm-hmm. um, it even was one of the first ones that had carnival rides. We see the way the right. Ferris wheel is designed, which is really cool. This, um, this was actually the, the first inspiration for an amusement park. The people that mm-hmm. were at this event 
created like some yeah. of the first amusement parks all over because of what they saw here. And um, cool. it was just really, really fun to watch. And like I said, I, I get yeah. nerdy on some of these things and deep dive them. And we had um, at this fair, we had an opportunity to see Loki and mm-hmm. uh, Mobius together looking around for Vona, Miss Minutes, any information they can find. Um, they get to mm-hmm. eat a little Cracker Jack as well. <laughs> um, and Loki's, and this is where they get to kind of also show their differences as Loki's got a, yeah. mo- a much more aggressive approach with everything, right? He wants to find yeah. anything as quick as possible. Let's go and like interrogate this person, ask this person. Mobius is more of a, hey, things will play enjoy. itself out, right? Yeah. Let's enjoy it. Yeah. Go with Something- the flow. Yeah. Something's gonna present itself, you know. Yeah. Like if we're gonna even get in the Cracker Jacks, in the yep. Cracker Jacks, they both. That's a great. Uh, it's emblematic of that because Mobius is all into it. He's appreciating it. And what does uh, Loki say? Tastes like, like ash. ash. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I thought. Is that a genuine thing? Is that he has different taste buds because he comes from Asgard? Uh, you know, or I don't know what. What I, I wasn't sure if that was just his attitude about it, uh, or maybe it was just really bad Cracker Jack and burnt or something like that. But um, yeah, that shows you the difference in those characters right there. It's great characterization built into the dialogue. Um, and then uh, I love, again, the setting of the World's Fair. Uh, doesn't that also kind of mirror, I think, Iron Man 2? Isn't there some sort of, uh, like, yep. the, the, there's the, they, the end of Act 3, t- yeah, takes mm-hmm. place like at the grounds of the World's Fair. And his dad was uh, big, uh, had, had basically designed and helped host that. Uh, a, a later world fair. I'm not sure when that took place. Probably like in the 40s or something. 30s. Yeah, I think like 50 years later. I, th- I think they they would do it. Um, you know the way it was. Like they would award the the to to a city because it was going to be so huge right. for them, like an Olympics kind of thing, right? It would bring so right. much in there. So even when they had this one in Chicago, it was sort of a way to to for them to show that the city of Chicago was back. From the Great Fire, which was I think in yeah. 1871, right, um, right. So it was sort of like a big. They wanted to give this to Chicago as a way to the help their city get back, and definitely did this. This was cool. This was just like mm-hmm. just putting making this for a setting. You, you're pointing this out. This is a great decision mm-hmm. to, for this place yeah. to be one of the places you chose to go because you can you can play on this so mm-hmm. so much. I mean, the the Ferris wheel is cool. It's like. It's huge, mm-hmm. you know. Each each, it's like a box car that you're in on the Ferris wheel yeah. that goes yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. It's like the ones they have in Vegas, where every, where you can have like ten yeah. people in there and all drink while it, it takes like thirty yeah. minutes to go like one rotation. Um, yeah. just very fun. And as Mobius said right away, they hear a paperboy reading the headlines: Liberty Bell to debut on the Fourth of July. Ghost clock continues to haunt the Midway. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> they, they turn around and uh yeah, they go to see um you know what's going on what they go to see in the paper and yeah, it's Miss Minutes there um obviously and so he says, "What do you call that?" Loki's kind of smirks. That's a breadcrumb. You know, and right. they start looking around. They go to the Chinese pavilions, the Bulgarian curiosities, and then that's when they get their cracker jacks. They're eating it a little bit. Loki, Loki's getting impatient. He's getting a little bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. And that's when they see a display of Thor and Odin. Yeah. And, of course, 
the third Boulder. is Boulder the Brave, who's <laughs> Thor's brother, and Loki is just so pissed. It's this is just fantastic. This is the kind of comedy that it's fun because you can see it on his face. He's so jealous. Mm-hmm. Mobius even says, yeah. uh, "Does it make you homesick?" And Loki says, "No, it's completely inaccurate." First of all, and yeah. Mobius says, "Don't you think that looks like Odin?" Oh, it's embarrassing. It it's a crass generalization. I mean, you can't reduce an entire culture down to a simple diorama. Such poverty of imagination. <laughs> and Mobius uh, says, uh, somebody feeling a little left out that they're not up there? And yeah. and then Loki gets, no, why do they include Balder? Nobody even knows him. And sure, <laughs> Balder the Brave. And I Sometimes I even forget that you're one of them. Wow, you're yeah. one of them. That blows my mind. <laughs> he just scoffs. It's just two yeah. buddies making fun of each other. You know, it's just great. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a, almost an Easter egg of a scene right there. And it made even more interesting when you know the rumors that Daniel Craig was possibly cast as Balder uh, mm-hmm. the Brave. And there was uh, maybe a plan to have him as part of the Illuminati in Doctor Strange uh, and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, is that something that just got pushed to a later movie or later project? There's speculation he could be in the Marvels or another upcoming project, but that'd be really interesting to see. Uh, and I like that casting. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's in the, in the comics. Bal- uh, Loki just hates Balder because <laughs> Balder is like perfect and everybody loves him. And he's just like the Captain America type guy, the greatest guy right. in the world. And Loki actually tricks Balder's brother, who's blind, into killing Balder uh, because Loki was jealous of him. So he has a really conflicted past with this character, yeah. no doubt about it. Um, so as Mobius is looking at the like the program for the fair, it's like the map. They actually see that there's a sign for a showcase that says Victor Timely's Astounding Temporal Marvels. Yeah. Temporal. That can't be a coincidence. That's where right. we'll find Renslayer. So uh, again, they found another clue here. Also, and they, a note. Just another quick uh, note here. Uh, Easter egg, right? He says Marvel quite a bit. There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Marvel in his dialogue. You know, obviously there's Marvel Comics in the MCU, but also the old name for Marvel Comics, Timely Comics. So it, it, uh, it's call. all it's it's all uh, connected. Yeah, that, they, they love a good Easter egg. So we go inside the German village beer hall where this big um, showcase is happening and we see Renslayer and she has Miss Minutes hiding in a tote bag. Miss Minutes has got to stay hidden for the time being. They inter- uh, they want to interact with with Victor. So they arrive to watch the showcase. Mobius and Loki look around. They see Renslayer there too, but they want to stay hidden. They don't want uh, to know that. They wouldn't want Ravana to know that they're there. And the first presentation begins, and Loki and Mobius notice something familiar on the stage. Is that the loom? We hear a man say that time is everything. It moves through each and every one of us. It shapes our lives, our futures, but what? perhaps we can shape it. And then the lights go on, and Loki notices that it is he who remains. Not exactly, but it's a variant of his. Um, Mobius is confused. What you made him sound like it was this terrifying figure, yeah. and he he looks like an old professor, sort of right, with glasses yeah. and like 
I think somebody said he looks like Frederick Douglass, you know, like they almost like the way he's sort of portrayed. Um, And Victor Timely has this invention that he wants to roll out. He's trying to sell and he is a very smart guy. You know, he got this TVA handbook dropped to him when he was a child, but he's a total con man, just a total con man. He doesn't a have la, a la the, Professor Marvel from Wizard of Oz. Very similar, a lot wow. of parallels to to that. Professor Marvel, who's you know in the Land of Oz, the same actor plays the Wizard of Oz. So again, we got the Marvel connection Good and call. the name. Uh, similar character. Love to see that stuff. Yeah, and this is another, another a scene too. We got a little taste of it right at the end of Quantumania, I believe. Mm-hmm. Wasn't this one of the uh, Post credit scenes. Was it yep. Quantumania or was it one of the other? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So uh, I, I loved. I loved it when this popped up, uh, and this scene is great and has another connection to uh, Tony Stark. I mean, he's going to pitch uh, this uh, power source that can you know light up a whole city and power a, a whole city. Again, that's something that Tony Stark tried to do with his arc reactor. So there's Take so shots. many parallels. Yeah. Take shots at Edison here, and yeah. he. Has his whole presentation set up And it looks Really really cool You know Victor goes on mm-hmm. He presses a few buttons and this massive Energy bolt of electricity Like lights up the room And the crowd goes wild And Mobius Is trying to put two and two together And we need that at the TVA This could save us right? This guy this device mm-hmm. is what we need And this guy here who's powering This device we need either him to open it or this device altogether. This guy, just his imprint, his fingerprint, the access, he's going to give us all of that yeah. together. But Loki's telling him, no, you can't trust this guy. This is this mm-hmm. is a fascinating part of the episode from here on out because this is what the character Sylvie dealt with and what we see these people struggling with. Do you go back in time and take out mm-hmm. an innocent person if it's going to be for the greater good? Right at this moment Victor Timely hasn't he's a con man But he hasn't done anything really horrible He hasn't Mm -hmm. murdered people Like he will do in in The future Mm -hmm. and They know that for the greater good Probably the best to take him Out this is a really conflicting Part for all these characters I like the way they play this And that's Where we see Loki and Sylvie Really struggle not knowing exactly what the right thing to do here is, and Sylvie remembering right. what it was like. She was a little kid that was taken herself. She never had an option. Yeah. She never had a choice. And now they're going to take the choice away from this man. Yeah, that's conflict. That's great conflict. It, it's it's well written there. Uh, um, you have characters that are kind of experiencing the same things from from different perspectives, and they can you know empathize and identify with each other, but they they have. You know, different goals and, and uh, different needs. So, you know, they're they're at, in a, at conflict, even though they're you know parallel experiences. Now, the crowd goes wild, and Loki and Mobius talk about how Victor could really help them with the problem. Victor finishes his presentation, and he meets with fans afterwards. Some of the folks in the audience are offering to you know partner up, Renslayer. Approaches Victor she says a moment Please we need to talk about your future And he says well certainly Take as many moments as you'd like uh, But they're interrupted 
by the robber baron who offers to partner up with Victor. He says, no, no, I'm not in- interested in any partnership whatsoever. But then another man from the crowd wants to buy it. He offers 500 mm-hmm. and an all out bidding war begins. The, uh, the <laughs> temporal loom is purchased for a thousand dollars by the robber baron. Victor agrees. He gets his cash <laughs> and he walks out of there pretty quickly. He just wants yeah. to get on out. Um, well, first, first he pays off the plant, the guy who was uh, bit, like bidding up the price. He oh, said it all up. He planted in the audience to set up and get that price. So uh, you, you see as, a, as a, a viewer that this guy's shady. He's uh, full of shit and he's a con man. So, but, but underneath that, you know, maybe there is a, a real flash of brilliance. Uh, or maybe that's delusion. I think that's still a little bit like uh, both. Yeah. Uh, up in the air and grandeur. ambiguous there. Like completely. Yeah, agree. yeah. Delusions of grandeur, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but maybe he is, you know, uh, an actual genius and just, you know, out of his, out of his time and, you know, unlucky in that sense. So Loki kind of gets into it with a big man. He, he teleports this man outside and sticks him in a, uh, a crate with the, uh, with the animals there. And Renslayer, she's still confused. She said, this is the man who's destined to become he who remains. And this minute, she gives her confidence. Yes, I told you, it's his plan. It's not mine. This is He will be all he's meant to be. So they follow outside, and they approach Victor. And actually, right when they do, Renslayer tries to talk to him. She's there with Miss Minutes. That's when Mobius and Loki see him. And so we get this awkward mm-hmm. interaction where Mobius and Renslayer, who used to be close and used to work together, Loki, um, Mobius is kind of playing on that. And Renslayer's mm-hmm. got this weird energy here. Um, and it's, you know, this really awkward interaction with a lot of our main characters. And then we hear an explosion in the background. Mm-hmm. And right. they. Are walking away from the room where Victor's presentation was And now some of the folks from inside are are upset His device already malfunctioned And (laughs) the people who paid for it are coming after him So now we get like a a chase sequence Where they're all running after him They're screaming, stop this man Who we've seen pretty quickly is a swindler I don't want to forget the part where When he walks outside He's approached by the councilman who wants his money mm-hmm. back because his right. trousers that were supposed to make him look taller right. don't work, <laughs> yeah. which I thought was really funny. And um, he, uh, Victor timely bends down and says, you look taller to me. And yeah. as he like bends, that's totally shady and corny, yeah. but um, we just, within three, four minutes, we see how very shady this dude is. Yeah, yeah. We get a whole sense of his character, um, you know, his desires, you know, his 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 delusions of grandeur uh, and also, his, you know, his methodology. He's absolutely a con man through and through. Uh, but you get that, you know, underpinning of of uh, of, 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 of a dreamer, you know, of uh, somebody who wants to be do something bigger and wants to make these uh, illusions and delusions into something real. Uh, so that that I find compelling i did think that the performance was um overacted perhaps i don't know if quite struck the right 
You know, and for somebody that's gotten such rave reviews, I mean, they just basically caught to um, saying, I think, I think it came out in a book recently uh, that, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't plan on, you know, going with this, you know, Kang dynasty and having Kang be the, uh, the linchpin of the multiverse saga moving forward uh, until he got uh, good, uh, good, good reviews for he who remains season one. Um, and so they're, they're kind of flying by the seat of the pants, making decisions based on some, you know, a few good reviews based on that episode. We did like that. We thought he was great last year, but for something about this year uh, felt a little bit off to me. Maybe that was him leaning into the con man aspect and just like tipping his hand a little bit, uh, a little bit too much there. Just the performance for whatever reason felt just a little heavy handed and amateurish for somebody that's gotten such uh, such great, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reviews and such, you know, clout over this performance. So, you know, that was the one thing I found a little bit disappointing, but still I was engaged in his character and I found it uh, compelling. Yeah. Now, Loki calls him a, a confidence trickster. And he, uh, Victor says, yeah. Lum- luminary is the word you're looking for. My <laughs> ideas are just ahead of their time. Their concepts are bona fide. I just... Need the crude technology of this era to catch up with my visionary mind. And Loki <laughs> says, Oh, yeah, I never doubted it for a second. Uh, and and um, then the robber Baron, who he just sold his device to, is <laughs> right on the heels of, of uh, <laughs> old Victor here. And we actually see Victor outrun them, but <laughs> as he outruns them, they get themselves locked on the Ferris wheel and they're, you know, mm-hmm. stuck in their car and then they got to go around on the Ferris wheel here. Um, mm-hmm. Mobius kind of radios B15 to let her know what's happening here. And she says that things are not good, but they have an op- mm-hmm. they have an opportunity now. If they can bring he who remains back, they can use his temporal aura. And she tells him, uh, hold on, we're reading a temp pad in. There's something dangerous about 10 feet from where you're standing and boom, here comes (laughs) Sylvie. Sylvie pops up um, right behind and she wants to kill Victor. So Victor and Sylvie and Loki are on one of these boxcars on the Ferris wheel. Mm -hmm. Mobius and Renslayer are outside. I'm pretty sure Mobius is eating something else here. (laughs) <laughs> I think he's, he, he's basically Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven You know how they just always have him eating And like everything that he's in And really Brad Pitt and always they have him eating and stuff But um, Mobius and Renslayer talk a little bit She says we don't work together anymore Remember um, She's upset that he Picked Loki over her <clears throat> On the Ferris wheel the, uh, the big box car Sylvie uh, goes on here to tell Loki what she wants to do. You showed up to ruin my life. You asked me what would I would do if one of his variants turned up, and I told you I would kill him. Yeah. Loki tries to explain. We need him without the help. The TVA would be destroyed. And I know you want to be left alone. I understand that. But if the loom fails, if the TVA is destroyed, you won't have a life to go back to. Not for you. Not for anyone. And with him, without him, we cannot fix this. He's trying to to. Complete to her it's so funny to see Loki at this point trying to save the Lives of millions right with All the things yeah right done. The, oh, the throughout, irony. Yeah throughout uh, The the appearances we've seen Of him 
And <laughs> Renslayer and Mobius continue to chat out front. Mobius pleads with her, but she doesn't seem like she has a whole lot of good left in there. She does not want to help Mobius at all. She has her own plot set. Sylvie, she just doesn't want to hear anything about the TVA. Just stop that mm-hmm. stopping that place and destroying uh stopping that place from being destroyed and fixing it are two different things. I'm not gonna work with one of his variants. Um she, you know, she goes back and forth. Loki and her have this kind of drawn out conversation. You think I want to be here? You think I'm gonna enjoy killing that man? Um, where do you think mm-hmm. he got the book? If you and the TVA hadn't messed with him, he'd have remained harmless. Renslayer sent him on a path that he wasn't meant for And now you're going to waltz him straight back into the TVA The thief of all free will The most dangerous man who's ever lived And she makes sense Like she makes sense High stakes But then on the flip side Loki makes sense Sylvie I've never met this man in my life I didn't give him the book I never heard the name Victor Timely until today I was shocked when I saw his mm-hmm. face Maybe you're right Maybe we should throw him off the Ferris wheel But we need him The TVA needs him The lives they protect need him He seems to have a point mm-hmm. Also you know Not a good option really Either way Loki says the lives your home are in danger And right now he may be our best hope of saving him Sylvie mm-hmm. just can't let him live She blasts Loki and Victor Timely through the door And out into the crowd She The crowd ends up seeing Victor And some of the men he tricked They start chasing him um, They're furious yeah. as, It's a three way chase now Yeah I love it So as he's being chased Renslayer leans over to Miss Minutes And she says okay do your thing And Miss Minutes gets <laughs> massive And just scares the shit out of everybody yeah. With this huge clock Running around and she just buys Some time and a distraction for Herself and uh for Victor And and Renslayer to get out of yeah. there So um I think clock- that was in the trailer I, I didn't watch any Trailers but I think somebody said that In one of the, the videos I was watching about it But I'm glad I didn't watch those trailers because that was A really like surprising moment when Me too. Goes big like that. Like I didn't see it coming I, Yeah I liked it I, I didn't I don't think I saw any of the trailers I've seen very little of them Too I don't yeah. I don't ever go out of my way to Try Watch them to. sometimes I'll like yeah. catch them on Accident if, it, if we're in a movie or something you know Or if I'm watching exactly. a football yeah. game They'll have a, sometimes they'll have like a preview of something But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I like this part and Sylvie Just pissed off with Loki um, <laughs> and then Mobius has his tandem bike for them. It's like, hey, come on, let's go. And yes, Loki's just Loki's absolutely not. not. <laughs> absolutely not. That was just such a funny part too. It's just so simple, and, but <laughs> yeah. Again, characterization like like uh, Mobius. He just he wants to go with the flow. He does. He's not hung up on you know anything. He's just he's going. There's a tandem bike here. Yeah, why wouldn't we just get on and ride? This this will help us. <laughs> but Loki, you know, he's he's stuck in his ways and he's a curmudgeon, right? He's he's not doing it. So I, I like it. Like the the characterization on this show is is really solid. Like every character is uh, very well defined, and I feel like I understand them. And they they their very motivations rarely, make sense, ever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're not doing things like. Uh, one minute and then the next minute they do something that seems like uh, incongruous with that last decision. It all kind of flows from from their characterization and, in, a, in a believable way. I think it's very noticeable coming off of like the last two things that we watched because yeah. Ahsoka Ahsoka <laughs> wasn't as bad at that, but there were no, definitely no. some characters where we were like, that doesn't feel like what a char- what that character would mm-hmm. do right there. 
right? There were yeah, too many of those with like Sabine yeah. with Ezra and those kinds of things. And yeah. then prior to that in Secret Invasion, they were just really all over the place. Oof. Because all they were trying the place, to get yeah. so cute with the double agent stuff that there were so many things where it's yeah. like that was not what Nick Fury would do. Like that just doesn't make yeah. sense. It's not what the character that they've come to show us for years and years and years we would believe yeah. would do. But now mm-hmm. almost everything they have, like there's never a thing that Loki does where you're like, ah, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense. Cause you always see the little mischief yeah. there, but now they've built him mm-hmm. up to have some heart. But then at the same time, yeah. when he goes back to being Loki, like they've, they've put us at the point where nothing surprises us with Loki. That's what's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And- they, they don't betray the character uh, no. just to suit the plot. And that's that's, no. a, that's a key thing for the story. And uh, l- like you said, Secret Invasion had a lot of stuff going on with it. And even recently, Marvel has basically come out and said that they're going to completely change the way that they make these shows. I mean, Loki is perhaps, um, you know, the exception to, to this. But like, you know, Loki, WandaVision, pretty solid, pretty... Um, well-constructed uh, and consistent shows, but a lot of the other ones uh, up and down over the place. Yes, just way up and yeah, down. Yeah, and so they're they're completely they're completely changing the approach to how they make these shows moving forward. So I'm interested to see that. Uh, I hope it's they're they've learned the right lessons and they're they're not going to make completely different mistakes with with that. Uh, and it's uh, nice and, they address uh, it. Yeah, and, and I know they canceled Daredevil. They canceled uh-huh. what they already did of Daredevil, and they're going to completely reshoot it after completing uh, you know production on like i think nine episodes so they're really uh you know overhauling things at uh marvel and the way they're doing things so you know luckily uh, we didn't feel we didn't bear the brunt of that on loki this is a, a solid production so far and i'm grateful for that yep and that's it's nice that they acknowledge it and and maybe it won't yeah. be imperfect immediately but it's it's nice that no. we can tell that they're at least sensing that hey Things aren't quite yeah. at the level we want them to be, you know, yeah. like we just got to pick up the slacks, uh, the pick up the slack all yep. over. Um, and, you know, it starts at the top all the way down to the bottom with uh, with, you know, creative stuff. And then mm-hmm. all the way down to, you know, just the graphics kind of things where they had to outsource a lot of stuff and it would get sloppy here and there, you know. Yeah. So um, hopefully they can they can fix a lot of the little things. We get back to Victor's home and we think it's his home. I guess it's just a place that it seems like he's kind mm-hmm. of. Like living in that's not really his Um, He brings out a chair though That uh, uh, Renslayer sits in And this is when we get the weird vibes Of this love triangle between Renslayer and Miss Minutes and Victor They are both like flirty with him They're both giving (laughs) each other like Especially Miss Minutes Really stank-eyeing and side-eyeing Renslayer every time she's saying something there's like a moment a little after this where uh, Victor kind of touches Renslayer's hand and Miss Minutes gets mad. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he shows her a couple of his inventions. You know, he's showing off like any man would. Show, show him my inventions, show yeah. him my skills here. Is then Renslayer starts to explain everything to him. First, Miss Minutes says, um, I'm a fully conscious and sentient artificial intelligence entity, and I have a name. I'm Miss Minutes. Victor says, excuse me, mademoiselle, you're absolutely singular. And Miss Minutes, why, thank you. You're pretty singular yourself. At least you will be. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Uh, yeah. He asks, what does that mean? 
Ladies, it's high time someone tells me exactly what's going on. So, Ben Slayer tells a long time ago, far from now, uh, <laughs> a, a different time, a version of you created an entity called the Time Variance Authority. But two variants of the same Norse god murdered him, which resulted in the creation of new timelines, <laughs> which would each see the rebirth of countless different versions of you. And he says, well, uh, okay. <laughs> I created the TBA? And Renslayer responds, something like that. Miss Minutes tries to calm him down. I know this must be overwhelming, but he's actually kind of pumped. It's like the story of myself I always imagined is true. <laughs> That, that grandeur, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This where you see it. I knew it was true. But Renslayer tries to let Victor know. Did you hear about the murder? That's why you need me by your side. I'll keep you safe. And Miss Minute said, uh, even before the TVA or her, you created me. And we work together at the end of time. I'm here because I know what a great man you can become. And... Um, so we, yeah, there's this kind of weird energy between the two of them. They're kind of flirty with him yeah. back and forth. He's getting like pampered all over and he's just sort of enjoying it, you know, kind of getting it from yeah. both sides here. Um, now, uh, Ravona says that she just wants to restore stability to the TVA. Our loom, a device, not unlike your prototype is in trouble and it needs you. He says, that's what the wizard gentleman said to me on the Ferris wheel. Why aren't the two of you in cahoots with him and his butler? Uh, Ravona tells that they, they can't be trusted. Said that Loki helped murder your variant. He seems a little confused. Victor said that they were trying to protect me. Um, but as we start to get into more of the meat of the conversation, the crowd finds him again. <laughs> They're after mm-hmm. this guy. So they have to escape from this house here. Um, we've we've kind of hit on it a few times, but... I, I really like when they take risks or do weird things here. If you would have told me yeah. years ago we were going to have like a a weird relationship between an AI like this, I would have said no. But we had stuff yeah. with Vision. Like, how is this all that right. different from Vision stuff? Yeah, it's an extension of it. It's it's a it's the logical progression that you know. And sentient AI is is you know an interesting concept. We're dealing with. AI more than ever now. You know, we got ChatGPT out in the world and all these different, you know, image generators and, and things like that. And it's a, a topic of discussion, the uh, the ethics around AI. There's serious people out there that are uh, actually concerned about what, what the future will hold uh, with AI, not just, you know, you know, usurping creative jobs and other jobs, but you know, could it could it actually destroy humanity? You know, there, there there's a whole spectrum of you know damage that could be done through AI, and there's a whole you know world of of opportunity that it could open up as well. So it's just it's ripe for storytelling, and then you know injecting a, a love triangle into that is is fun and weird, and it, it's that human element that that makes you interested in it, um, and the way they pull it off too. I mean, I think the animation behind Miss Minutes is great. The voice acting is great. I think the actress is Tara Strong. She does a great job uh, with that. And um, it, it's just the, the writing is on point. They, the way that they illustrate the the, um, the tension by just a little looks and the, and the, the lines here and there, uh, they don't overdo it. It's just subtle enough uh, where it starts to build and uh, you know suck you in as as a viewer and you you start to get in, 
intrigued and, and it's a it's a compelling addition to this story that yeah we we never saw it coming but um, it's welcome by by uh, by far it's, it's it's one of the more welcome things uh this season uh, that they've introduced so Renslayer and Victor and Miss Minutes go to Victor's uh workshop where they have to go get his latest prototype so they have to or his lab across the lake he says it's the Caribbean of the Midwest and the lake. Um, so Victor, Renslayer, Miss Minutes all run with the crowds chasing them back to the lab in Wisconsin. He says he does his sales in Chicago. Um, Loki and Mobius can't seem to find him. They're chasing. They're looking all over. And Victor and Renslayer hide. And then they get on a boat. And this is when they have like a moment where it seems like they're falling for each other. These two in particular, Victor and Renslayer. Um, they talk about the key to understanding and manipulating time. And he brings out the TVA guidebook. He says that it was delivered to me when I was a child. It was dropped into my life by some divine hand. I've never found out who. And Renslayer kind of smiles a little bit. <laughs> you? Me. <laughs> and and man, Miss Minutes is oh, she is pissed because us. she was the one More that like gave us. it to, <laughs> yeah, to uh, Renslayer to give to uh, Victor, to young Victor, yeah. to drop it in. And Miss Minutes said, well, I brought it to you. I, you brought it to him the way the postman brings the post. We both know <laughs> whose plan it was. Um, Victor thanks them. Whoever it was, I thank you. This book has defined the course of my life. I like to think of it as a correspondence between myself and the visionary author Ouroboros Here <laughs> this is the most important Discovery I've made yet it's a th- uh, Thought put multiplier It could help you with your loom um, I always knew my ideas were good I just didn't have the technology to make them Really work Oh happy day Renslayer <laughs> um, mm. looks at him and uh, He gives her Is it like a paper flower like a, is it like a, like a tulip or something like that, or it was like a little paper mache? I don't know if it was a crane, mm, something he sure. made. Yeah, it was. It might have been like origami, but it was something that he mm-hmm. made for her. That was a nice little like paper design, and she blushes yeah. a little bit, and she tells him, "I'm starting to see the man you'll become." And he says, "I appreciate that, Ravona." And he kind of grabs her pinky. They do the little pinky hold. Yeah. She then things are going oh so well. But you just can't say those words, TK. Sometimes it's I love you. Sometimes yeah. it's partnership. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. you say partnership, and that was the deal breaker here. As soon as she says that, the next thing we see is a flash. Victor's kind of frowning as Ravona smiles. And then in the background, Miss Minutes just lights up. She is so happy. She knows what's about to happen next. Partnership mm-hmm. means we're going to get rid of. Renslayer because Victor does mm-hmm. not Want any partners he who remains Does not want any partners mm-hmm. See Renslayer Dropped from a dropped onto a Small boat into the ocean Yeah adios yeah. while she's Asleep I'm surprised she survived That it looked like I mean I think there was Maybe something underneath her head that was kind of Soft uh, it's, it looked like that possibly But man that, that looked rough that drop So They end Up watching uh, Miss Minutes says to Victor, um, Victor, you heard her partnership. You had to do it. And 
Victor and Miss Minutes end up getting back to his lab. When they do, he it seems initially to be pretty thankful to Miss Minutes, but then man, she just lays it on so thick right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like she's just coming after this guy. He says, oh, "Have yeah. a seat, have a float. Uh, it'll just be a minute." And she, "Oh, take your time. Don't worry about me. You're so much like him. Look at all your amazing work. Uh, I'm so happy to be here." Miss Minutes sees a device. She asks about it. And Victor holds it up. He says, this is the culmination of my life's work. She's just mesmerized by him. She just loves him. And she asks him to wait for a second. Victor's kind of trying to rush out of there. She said, I may might be smart to lay low for a while. We made quite a ruckus back there. You know, I was worried you wouldn't come with me. I was worried that you liked Ravona better than me. Is there a sketch of me in that journal of yours? She's getting <laughs> super flirty here. Really flirty. Victor yeah. gets a little shy. Gets a little nervous at this moment. Um, she tries to tell him about their past. When you first created me, long before the TVA or a multiversal war, I was just a simple AI. Something to play chess with. But you knew I could be more for you. So you gave me autonomy to write my own programming. I was allowed to have wants and follow whims and become who I am. And still each night we played chess and talked. And Victor says you were a loyal friend. More friend. than friends. Emphasis on friend. Yeah. Right there. More oh, than friends. friends. It's the like it's like when you, you if you have like a, if you start to get a sense that you know your friend is sitting on you or something like that, but you're not interested, you might you you put that out there. You specifically put friends. out oh, we're such good friends, especially when you yeah. introduce them to someone else, right? This yeah. is my friend. It's like yeah. oh god, that's that's <laughs> that's rough. That's rough when you think that you're more than that and you hear that. Right. That's always a rough one. Miss um, Minutes got friend zoned. That's that's the she, moment she got friend zoned. <laughs> she got friend zoned quickly here and she explains you know i was by your side there was one whim you never allowed me why didn't you allow me a real body he says well well that that wasn't me if miss minute says if i had a body we could really lead together um victor doesn't know how to do that you never even tried with all your powers and all your abilities you just kept me as your thing your toy instead of what i could have been your girl and yeah now he gets real nervous he yeah. goes to grab the temp pad, and just before Miss Minutes can kind of claw at him, he's able to yeah. transport her and prune and uh, kind of he with the temp pad they're able to control Miss Minutes basically, so he can kind of mm-hmm. put her away at the moment. Yeah. She screams at him though, Victor, what are you doing? Put that down! Don't do this! I yeah. love you! And she jumps at him creepily. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she's down bad. Miss Minutes is down bad here, and uh, thank yes. thank goodness for that temp pad. You know, thank goodness she has an off button. <laughs> what does she want though? That's you know, what, what, where does it go from there? I guess they do interact physically, but like, would she take some human form or something? I I just want to know like, what, how does that play out if she gets what she wants? So the m- moment Miss Minutes is gone, Victor <laughs> takes a deep breath, but then from behind in the darkness. Renslayer shows up She's got this huge device like a pruning stick And She's <laughs> ready To Oh <laughs> she shows him Actually what this thing Can do on a mannequin um, Which is a good point mm-hmm. Because right before that right. was one of the creepy Things that Miss Minutes did She put her face yeah. on the body of a it. mannequin 
Yeah. And it was all glitchy. Out and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was just super creepy. Super creepy here. Um, so now Renslayer's pissed off because she just got left by, yeah. by he who remains. And so she's sort of flipped things now. She said, now I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. I was entrusted with this mission. And that's when Loki and Mobius arrive. Now they're trying, mm-hmm. no, no, don't do this. We need him. We need him. We need him to come back to the right. TVA right now. So they're all trying to pull this guy in different ways. Um, Mobius literally pleads with Renslayer. Look, I'm not lecturing you. I'm pleading you. She says, no, all those years of doing your dirty work, cleaning up your messes. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, She says, all that matters is order versus chaos. I'm order. And it was really cool timing as she said that. And basically, boom. Here comes Sylvie kind of saying, I'm yeah. chaos, you know, coming yeah. right through the door. And we get this big green cloud of like energy, cloud of smoke that pushes everyone across the room. And it's Sylvie. And she approaches Victor with a blade. She wants to kill him. She wants to kill every variant of he who remains. But he kind of trembles. Says, I, I haven't done anything. Sylvie lets him know, you will. You will do terrible things. That isn't me. Mm-hmm. You don't know me. You don't know the heart I have beating in my chest. I can make my own choices. I'm not the man you think I am. He now pleads for his life. Yeah. And Sylvie, this is where she sort of thinks. And it reminds her of what the TVA did to her. They mm-hmm. they took her. She never had a chance. This is the whole thing that she's been kind of battling back and forth with with Loki. Do we even have a choice? Yes, you have to give everybody a choice here. And She's mm-hmm. going to do that. She ends up giving him a choice. Mobius and Loki take Victor to the TVA. She lets him go, but she wants to handle Renslayer. She wants to take care mm-hmm. of Ravana. She says, don't regret this and leave her to me. And uh, Mobius and Loki head back to the TVA mm-hmm. with Victor. And we get Sylvie standing there with Ravona. Have a little standoff. Sylvie says that. I've been thinking about this a thousand times in my mind, each time more brutal than the last. It's crippling, that kind of obsession. I'm starting to realize that it's power for you, isn't it? That's what you want? A seat at the end of time? Well, be careful what you wish for. And Mm -hmm. Sylvie kicks Renslayer through a time door back to the Citadel at the end of time. That scary place that we saw at the end of season one with he, He Who Remains. And uh, Ravana's looking around And she pulls out her temp pad And it's Miss Minutes And I thought this was a really cool touch Because as she pulls the temp pad out Miss Minutes thinks that it's Victor That still has it Yeah. so when she opens back When she comes out she's saying Love you And then it's Like oh Oh okay I should have known Awkward Awkward But Sorry for betraying you. But Miss Minutes gets even more evil here and says it was foolish of him to make an enemy out of someone who knows all his secrets. And I know a really big one about you. I can tell you, but it's going to make you really angry. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm just having fun with this show. Right. Even when we talk about it again, like I'm excited for the next episode. I'm like. And even the last, and I think again, it's it's a lot of timing. The last two that we've discussed are 
with Secret mm-hmm. Invasion, a lot of what you were saying where like I'm watching it, but I'm like looking at my phone after a few minutes. Yeah. I'm getting a little distracted by something that's going on. With the the good ones, I just I'm not doing that. You know, and yeah. I'm not even doing that the second and third time I rewatch it. It's like I enjoy mm-hmm. getting sitting down and rewatching and like taking my notes for it. And I'm yeah, I'm pumped. We're already halfway through and we only have three more yeah. episodes of it to go, but it feels important that we have really like quality, quality actors mm-hmm. too, like giving quality yeah. performances. And it's just fun. I think the Two in the tone just compared To the last two shows and it's hard Not to compare to the things that we just watched It's a lot more fun It has a lot yeah. more fun with itself Than either Secret Evasion Was ever trying to or Ahsoka Would have some kind of fun moments here and there But it wasn't mm-hmm. it was a more serious Type show right then yeah. this, this is definitely a show that's Having fun with itself and OB the character is great Everything with Mo, uh, Mobius and Loki together is really, really solid, and I'm I'm having a blast with that. And when they go to places throughout history, it's fun. You could tell yeah. that they care. All the people putting together the set design and the cinematography and mm-hmm. stuff, they're really into it. It's just for the times that things feel kind of half-assed. Well, I'll critique it, and mm-hmm. you'll critique it, and I'm yeah. glad we do because we're not we're not. Getting paid by these places to promote anything We're here to just talk about Mm -hmm. the things that we really like And get nerdy for the folks who You know who (laughs) like listening But when it's good even the the like Really small attention to detail stuff We notice it and we are pointing out Like little things and It just makes you care more about the show Overall like I just I care more about it Because I feel like they care about putting this show together Yeah there's you There's clearly craftsmanship that goes into the show there's attention to detail uh you can tell that the people behind it uh care about the the story they want to tell and the the characters in there uh and they do really put characters first they they make the the actors performances they they don't have to do all the heavy lifting because they actually write for the characters in an appropriate way i think this is you know probably the crown jewel of marvel tv it's it's the strongest overall i i think i think it's their highest graded if i'm not mistaken um and yeah you've got a cast like you know owen wilson and tom hiddleston tom hiddleston was an early gem in the uh you know the mcu you know somebody who really uh, he sh- he shined uh, incredibly in Thor, and then th- th- he he did so well there that you know they made him the, the main character in Avengers, and they keep bringing him back because he's just he's got that that uh, X factor. He can he's he's believable. You empathize with him, and there's that little glimmer of um, mischief that's that, that's perfect for the character and embodies that character so well. And Marvel did so well with their casting, especially early on, just getting. The perfect people for the roles. I mean, I'm happy to see Tom Hiddleston still here, uh, one of the originals, um, and and holding up the you know holding up the ceiling for for them. You know, like I, mean, I feel like this thing's collapsing around them right now. And you've got Loki standing just, there. You know, it feels needed. On his shoulders. Right, yeah. like it was yeah. just it was the timing of this was really good and it was just needed. You know, um, it was a refresher after Absolutely. some that just felt a little like. Ah, a little disappointing, a little less than As uh, we are through Loki, episodes one through three Thank yeah. you so much, TK, for taking the time out thank I know you. you're on vacation with the family You made a bunch of adjustments for me So thank you so much, buddy And uh, we will catch up on Loki, episode four, next week Folks, 
You know that if there's ever anything going on in the world of Marvel or M, uh, the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about it with TK right here on That's What G Said Podcast. Make sure to give him a follow at Tim Is Not Funny on Twitter and on Instagram. Check out his great music projects there. And I hope you have a, a blast over there with your family, buddy. And uh, I'll talk to you again in the next Thanks few days. So All right. Looking forward to it. Take care. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still a lot more to come on the podcast. Uh, And make sure to subscribe to the podcast and let all your friends know out there if they like Star Wars, if they like Marvel, make this part of your week. Every time there's some content out there, we'll be taking care of you and getting you all deep dived.